This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 through the fan in Dallas, the radio flagship home of your Dallas Cowboys. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broadus. He is now the co host of the G Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 through the fan. He is also the co host of the Dallas Cowboys pre and post game show on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. Uh, he's also a very proud former. LSU Tiger, as you can see from the gear there. Uh, the Some have called him the greatest deep snapper in the history of the program. It's Brian Broaddus. Brian, how you doing? And that's the voice of Bobby Belt, who doesn't lie to you very often, but he lied to you right there. Uh, Bobby comes to you by way of the Sean and RJ and Bobby show, 530 to 10 every Monday through Friday. Bobby also... Uh, the Cowboy Insider for 105.3 The Fan. He is also a host as we're on the Love of the Star and the Draft Show. And hopefully we get Bobby Bobby back this week. So, uh, Rob, Robert, they're making trades on you. They did. So the last time we talked, uh, they had made the trade for Stephon Gilmore that I think we all universally – and let me – I made a couple calls around the league uh, in the last couple days and heard some Stefan Gilmore feedback that before we ju- jump into the Brandon Cook trade, which is the breaking news of the day here, um, I did call around, ask some people just in general, hey, what are your thoughts on the Gilmore trade? I'm sure you did the same. Yeah, I did. Uh, Brian, a couple of things I heard back that were very interesting. A lot of people still think very good player. Very, yeah. very good player. The, the question, obviously, being a 33-year-old corner is... It, it, it eventually it just goes over a cliff. It's usually a sharp decline for corners. And so you just never know when that year is going to come. But yeah. as it stands now, he's still a good football player. So the, the two things universally I heard back were stunned. It was only a fifth round pick. A lot of people thought it would have been more than that. And the bigger issue that I heard consistently, there were a lot of people who were stunned. The there was no new money in the deal for Stefan Gilmore. And so universally, people were like, this is a great deal for Dallas. This is minimal compensation. This is his cap hit is already 14th among corners heading into next year or something like that. And there's no new money in it. There's no new guarantees, nothing like that for him. Uh, Universally, everybody I talked to around the league thought this is a huge win for Dallas. Yeah, no, uh, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, I was talking to uh, some teams that had competed uh, against Gilmore. I mean, the Cowboys were one of them, but I never didn't talk to anybody with Dallas. So it was funny. I just started calling around to try and get a little bit different perspective. And 
the thing that the my guys were saying is they said uh, they really liked it. They felt like he could still play. He could play inside. He could play outside. He could match up and uh, with tight ends, with big wide receivers, smaller wide receivers. They felt like that he really prefers to play off and break on the ball uh, is uh, the kind of where his game is now. But very good instincts, very good ball skills, physical cover style if he has to play that way. Uh, they say we'll get a, a occasional a holding or PI call, but good in run support, good tackler. Might have lost a little bit of a step, but still athletic and plays like a pro. And the number one thing they were all talking about was this guy is really, really good in the locker room. And so with all the things that I was talking about just then or the what I just read, uh, it seems like to me a, a very still a very, very productive player that the Cowboys uh, got for a fifth round pick. Yeah, so that was that we like I said we've talked about the Gilmore trade, but that's some of the feedback we've gotten since uh, we discussed it. Uh, now on to the the next trade the Cowboys have made, and I think they've made two really good ones. Now they get Brandon Cooks for a fifth rounder this year and a sixth round pick next year. Uh, the Texans are going to take on six million dollars of his eighteen million dollar salary, so the Cowboys are saddled with a twelve million dollar. Uh, salary this season a cap hit that ultimately uh comes out to be 12 uh just uh, 12.352 is his cap hit in uh 2023 which is really not that bad for what is still a pretty productive receiver brandon cooks uh has had six career 1000 yard receiving seasons the most recent one came in 2021 2022 is a little bit of a down year uh just 700 yards roughly uh receiving played in 13 games clearly was not happy there wanted to get out of Houston, was almost a Cowboy at the trade deadline. Cowboys thought they had a deal for him for a third rounder, and Houston at the last second started trying to shop and came back and said, it'll take a second now, and Dallas said, we're not going to play with moving the goalposts, we're done. So the fact that Dallas uh, gets away from that, basically misses Cooks for the end of the season, and then a few months later comes back and they get him for a fifth and a sixth when they were initially willing to give up a third, I think is huge, especially when you consider Brian. I, I know generally the rule, right, is if you're a year out, consider it, you know, around later. So the value yeah. of a sixth rounder next year is considered a seventh this year. Yeah. So you basically get Cooks for a fifth and a seventh. I think this is great value for the Cowboys. $12 million hit for Brandon Cooks for a guy who is still, I think, very productive and will come in here motivated, ready to play, uh, and reunites him with Robert Prince, his receivers coach in Houston in 2021. Yeah, Bobby, you're absolutely right. And you know, uh, Nick Cesario, the general manager from the Texans, he got a little greedy, got a little cute, and the Cowboys said, no, we're not, we're not willing to go that route. And so, you know, they circled back around, uh, there's been a lot of chatter about Cooks, a lot of chatter about Hopkins, a lot of chatter about Odell Beckham, you know, but they went back to the guy that they felt like that uh, they knew the best, and that was uh, with Cooks. Felt like strong enough to make a trade last year. Didn't work out. Worked out this time around. I, I asked, again, some guys in the league about him. They're, to a man, they were saying he could still play. One of the teams said we viewed him as a, a, a vertical threat with playmaking ability. He will stretch the field. The one the downside is, is they said, you know, not physical and, and not a blocker. But, you know, I'm sure that we're going to get into what he brings uh, as a route runner. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the vertical part of the game where he's 
Uh, he's done a really good job of being that guy, that down-the-field threat. But there are some other routes this guy can run and can execute pretty well. Yeah, in fact, I was uh, looking through his reception perception profile that Matt Harmon does where he basically tracks the percentage of routes that guys are running on the route tree, how successful they are with them uh, and things like that. The 2022 data is not out yet, which obviously is is a little bit of a unique situation given, I think, what was going on in Houston and, and how happy or unhappy he was to be there. Um, but when you look at his his route combinations, he was really varied, uh, ran a lot of different stuff. Uh, he, he wasn't limited to just, you know, uh, he runs the same two or three routes. He ran just about everything. The most common routes he ran, though, Brian, uh, 20% of the time he ran slants, 15% of the time he ran the nine routes, had a lot of success in the flat, uh, 90% success rate. That's one of the better rates in the league. So when you look at the way Robert Prince used him in 2021, a lot of nine routes, but a lot of slants and the success he has on the flats. And we know there's a lot of slant flat concepts and what McCarthy likes to do. Uh, do you think this is just somebody who, hey, he really fits not only these changes that are probably coming to the route combinations on on offense for the Cowboys, but what he also does is can really challenge defenses down the field. He is a vertical threat who can do other things and, and, and has shown at least from what I've seen when I was watching him last fall, thinking they were about to trade for him when I was doing some research on him still seems like a guy who can also, despite his size is a good contested catcher. I think Brandon cooks is one of the better players. We, we, you could probably come up with maybe in league history, one of the better players of all time that doesn't have a pro bowl appearance. Like yeah. He's just a really strong football player who I think largely has gone underrated, and this seems like good value for the Cowboys and what they're trying to do. No, I think you're absolutely right about the player, and you kind of always think about him being a vertical player, but you mentioned the slat, uh, the slants, the flats, uh, those routes that you know he's able to execute and come away with. Uh, you know, Still a very, very productive receiver. Uh, a guy that defensive coordinators – have to be concerned about because of his speed and his quickness. And I've seen him over the years put a lot of defensive backs in some bad situations, and I feel like that he can still do that. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier how motivated he'll be uh, to be out of uh, Houston to come to Dallas. The quarterback situation here, far better for him as far as you know, being able to uh, run those routes and have some success and be able to finish so I think it's just an overall, just a very, very positive get for the Cowboys. And they've done a really good job here, uh, you know, this offseason. I know we're very critical of them of not doing this or not doing that or sitting on their hands or, you know, oh, it's too expensive, sign our own kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've, they've done a really good job of taking, um, you know, day three draft picks and going out and getting players, you know, to the point where that you fill holes with the the Van Der Esch, the Wilson, you know, two of the more important signings that they felt like they had to have, got those done. They got a quarterback that has a five and one career record as a backup in games where your starters miss. That has to make them feel a lot better about where they're at. But to go out and take uh, fifth round picks, six round picks. And, and manipulate them into players that it can still play at a very high level, you have to give this front office credit for that. And 
you know, and 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 I'm sure those players, uh, you know, Gilmore and Cooks, they come in, they're all very happy about being here, and you see very productive players because of that. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, the aspect here, and we we kind of briefly referenced it uh, a few minutes ago. One of the aspects here that's probably a little underrated is the fact that Robert Prince did work with him in 2021. I'm guessing if the Cowboys make a deal like this, they're they're getting feedback from Robert Prince and wanting to know, is this a guy that can work here? Is this a guy that can execute what we need yeah. to? And the fact that they were willing to do it in the fall and they're willing to come back and revisit it now that we're into, you know, the spring here into the, the off season. Uh, makes you feel like he, in all likelihood, got the stamp of approval. There's a, a couple quotes I wanted to look at really quickly. Uh, 2021, Brandon Cooks uh, talked about how, uh, with, with the Houston media, said that you can tell with Robert Prince right off the bat that he's a coach that knows what he's talking about, really smart, great to have someone with his experience come in, help out. Uh, Robert Prince similar, similarly talked glowingly about him during uh, minicamp, said that Brandon Cooks shows – the guy's the right way to practice, great leader, not a talker. He's a doer, very engaged and willing to take coaching. When your top guy is willing to do that, it's easy for the other guys to follow. Uh, and then uh, another thing, at the end of uh, the 2021 season, a year that didn't go so great for the Texans, uh, Robert Prince said that Brandon Cooks was the one in the locker room who stepped out and pointed out to everybody after the Jacksonville game that, hey, this is Davis's, Davis Mills' first win as an NFL starter, and that that made an impression on Robert Prince. Is like, hey, this is a guy who thinks of other people and 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 their successes and things like that. So it sounds like there's a really good relationship there between the receivers coach and Brandon Cooks as well, which if we're being honest, in the past, there have been times where the receivers coach and some hasn't of the been, hasn't been good. Yeah, hasn't been good. And so it it, it seems like a, a positive move in that direction that not only are you going to get a motivated Brandon Cooks, he gets to end up where he wants to uh, with a former teammate, uh, I believe, in Stefan Gilmore. Uh, and a guy that that he's uh, friends with. Um, what you're also getting here, it feels like, is a player who's going to be motivated to play for his position coach and also can probably help communicate some things that Robert Prince would like to continue to teach in that room. Yeah, and, and let's, you know, if you go back and look at last year, um, look at the growth of C.D. Lamb, you know, and what he was, you know, able to do. I'm sure that... Uh, sure that Robert Prince was working with him daily on things that he needed to improve with. But on the flip side, you could say, well, what happened with, you know, what happened with Michael Gallup? And I think it was more Michael Gallup than it was coaching or anything like that. I think that Michael Gallup was on his, I think there were some struggles. I think there were some struggles with the injury. I think there were some struggles with some of the stuff off the field that he was dealing with that you know, hopefully he can put all that stuff behind him and be the type of player that we all have seen him uh, be before. But having Gallup, Cooks, Lamb, uh, I, I haven't given up on Jalen Tolbert at all. Uh, I, I think they're, I think he came in and uh, I think it just – it's like he got hit upside the head with a, with a shovel. You know, mm-hmm. he just it, – it was a real eye-opening experience for him. 
And I think the pressure got to him a little bit. I think the pressure got to him of, you know, you saw him in some in some drills and stuff, body catching the ball. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watched South Alabama film and saw him hand snatching balls, going up and getting balls and stuff like that. Yeah. Hopefully he'll feel more comfortable. And but that wide receiver room, I think, got a little bit better today. And and we'll see if um it we'll see if they figure out the wide receiver draft if they add another one. Uh because I think it's going to be difficult. I think there's some good players. I just don't know if what direction some of these teams are going to go with the shorter slider, uh, slight, I say slider, or with, you know, with the weight wise, slight yeah. built uh, receivers. If, and if people can figure that out, the teams that figure out about how these short, slight wide receivers are going to pan out, that'll be the team that has a pretty good draft when it comes to the wide receiver uh, group because there's a, there's a lot of question marks over on that side, and I feel like the Cowboys really helped themselves by adding a veteran like Brandon Cooks who they actually they know, they've seen, and now it takes a lot of the guesswork of having to maybe force something in the draft with a wide receiver. I, I think that there's a very – I think there's a slim chance the best player on their board at 26 is going to be a running back. I, I just I, I think that the better running backs will go ahead of them, and then like I would just think that they'd have somebody on their board who's a higher graded player than a running back. There, they've addressed receiver at least in the interim. They're going to hope that Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert find their way again. Um, we know they've addressed corner now, which was one of their big needs. Do the move the moves we've seen these contingencies they've put in place to allow themselves to go BPA best pick available. Right. Uh, do you think all these moves have done has increased the odds that tight end could be the pick at 26? Well, yeah, with I, I need somebody to explain to me what they're going to do with Tyron Smith. You know, if somebody will explain to me that Tyron Smith is going to play left tackle, then I, I think that answers some questions about what I might do at guard. But will the best player available the bpa that mm -hmm. you're talking about could it be a guard and would they do that knowing that maybe tyron smith has one more year and they and they want to put tyler smith back at left guard me personally i want to see tyler smith play left tackle i just do and i wonder if um tyler smith is going to play left tackle until and then we see tyron smith play right tackle until they get steel back completely healthy and ready to go. Uh, I, I think there's still a lot of questions over there. I, I don't know that the best player is going to be a guard on their board, a tight end, a corner, or a running back. I think there's a lot of a lot of options. And that's the great thing about the type of offseason that they've had. Signing their own, making a couple of trades. They've left it open to where it, it really is. Whatever player has a grade of a, a 118 or a 117 or something like that, that first round grade, that's 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 gonna be at least they'll have that opportunity to take that guy and feel really good about it. Brandon Cooks here. One last note before we uh transition over. I just find this one interesting. We talk about how he's never made a Pro Bowl in his career. He has four seasons, Brian. Thousand yards. No, he has six seasons of 1,000 yards. He has four seasons of at least 75 receptions and 1,100 receiving yards. Yeah. That is 
the most four seasons without being named to a Pro Bowl. That's the most in NFL history. Like, I'm not talking about you get a guy like, uh, you know, somebody else who's on that list, for instance. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper has two of those seasons. He's been named to a Pro Bowl before. So this isn't just players included who have made or who have never made Pro Bowls. This is putting up that kind of production and not getting a Pro Bowl bid from that production. Brandon Cooks has the most such seasons I, like NFL history. I kind of feel like that Brandon Cooks is one of those guys. I think he now becomes one of the most traded players in NFL history. Yes. Four yeah. times, four times. So I, I think that's kind of been when people think of Brandon Cooks, they think of a very talented receiver traded often for like first round picks, one of those types of guys. But I think the thing is like, why can't he stay with one team for any length of time? So maybe that's where people feel more about him than they do uh, say, uh, you know, that him deserving Pro Bowl uh, nods and things like that. He's been traded for a first-round pick a couple different times. So there are people who like him. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.